0: The following podcast was recorded on Thursday, January 13th, 2022, featuring Sam Rhines of Arbor Data Science. To hear the podcast in real time, you can sign up for a free trial at arborresearch.com or by emailing Gus Handler directly at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. You can also call Arbor Research and Training at 1-800-606-1872. Thanks for your time and enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone to our latest edition of Talking Data, I'm your host Kristen Radish with Arbor Research and Trading, joined today by our presenter Sam Ryan's of Arbor Data Science. Welcome, Sam. Today, Sam's going to be testing. discussing. Today, Sam will be discussing inflation, oil and energy, and housing. So, Sam, yesterday we had the CPI print at seven percent. Can you tell us your views on transitory?
1: Well, it, it, it's really interesting because it it doesn't really matter what my views are, right? It matters what the market is viewing it as, and it matters what people generally as the public are viewing it as. And you have the market beginning to view it as non-transitory, and you have the public, if you flip to the first slide, you have the public really not necessarily believing it's going to persist. And, and that's the interesting disconnect here is that if you look at, and this is the University of Michigan survey, if you look at the next five years from them, it's still running relatively in line with what you would expect. You know, nothing out of the ordinary. You call it anchored, as the Fed likes to call it. Uh, But you have the one-year inflation expectations absolutely through the roof. And so you have what I'd like to describe as a temporal disconnect. Right? People do believe that there will be inflation over the next year maybe two years, three years, et cetera, but they don't believe it's going to last in any persistent way uh, beyond that. And and that's where it begins to become really interesting. Uh, One of the things that was released this morning from Arbor Data Science was the piece on inflation. Uh, And what you saw was there's a pretty high expectation that you're going to be able to hit 2% over the next 10 years But what there was a fairly interestingly low expectation of was anything over that, right? The two and a half, the three, three and a half percent uh, percentage figures were relatively low. And that kind of matches up with what we're seeing from the University of Michigan here. And so the public doesn't really believe that you're going to have any persistence to this. And the Fed fought really hard back in the early 80s to make it this way. Right? That's the entire thing that uh, Volcker crushing inflation was all about, was crushing inflation expectations and making it relatively range-bound. Um, the last time that we had the inflation rate expected to be higher over five years than one year's, at least according to this survey, uh, was back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, that was a hard-fought battle that the Fed kind of won back then. Um, but now it's beginning to feel like there could be a change uh, happening, right, that you could begin to have some embedded inflation problems within the U.S. economy. Uh, that, I think, needs to be paid attention to, particularly on the two biggies, which are energy and housing.
0: Can we talk next turn to oil and energy?
1: Oh, yeah, that, which are you know kind of my favorite things to talk about. And we could talk about these for hours, um, but if you flip to, I think it's the uh, second slide. Uh, this, this slide to me is extremely telling. Uh, you have $80 WTI in the U S, which should be extremely profitable for us oil companies, but you don't have anywhere near the pickup in rig count that you would expect, right? Which kind of predicts future uh, output for oil in the U S. It's just not picking up the way that we would expect, and the issue there, particularly at eighty dollars WTI, is if you don't have a pickup in rigs right now, when are you actually going to have that pickup? It's going, you know, that needs to happen in order for more oil to come online, et cetera, et cetera. Particularly when we're expecting, your economists generally are expecting, the economy in twenty twenty two to grow on a nominal basis, somewhere between 6 and 7%. That is a huge number relative to history, and you're simply not going to be pumping enough oil in the U.S. at these rig counts to be able to make up that type of cyclical uptick. So the second bullet point was oil and gas are pros. It's oil and gas are pro-cyclical, or at least they were at some point. And that kind of feels like this point just isn't happening. Right, you're not having the pickup in oil that you need to sustain this type of recovery, and you're not having the pickup generally uh, that you would anticipate, and, and that's going to become an issue, and that will flow through to prices in a pretty meaningful way and add to the inflation pressure at the wrong time for the Fed. Right, you increase the cost of capital for your oil and gas companies that are already starved for capital uh, due to Uh, call it capital restrictions from ESG and other movements, uh, that's going to create a significant energy crunch, potentially, in an economy that's doing well. Uh, So that, to me, is one of the stories that is a little underestimated uh, going into and through 2022, is that the energy complex is going to be further strained, uh, not relieved, uh, via rate hikes. Rate hikes tend to indicate a strong economy. A strong economy tends to demand more oil, and if you don't have that oil coming online, that's going to be, become a potential issue.
0: And for your third topic today, let's talk about the problem of housing and those skyrocketing rents.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so it's it's one of those fun things where it doesn't really matter uh, that you have home prices going to the moon, right? That doesn't show up in CPI. Uh, it's a owner's equivalent rent. And, you know, it's a whole bunch of weird things uh, that the uh, government decides needs to be there. Uh, But what's interesting is it's all about existing homes, not new homes, right? New homes make up a relatively small proportion of the overall uh, home sales perspective. it's a lot like the car market, right? New car sales, Uh, Everybody pays attention to them, but what's really interesting is the size of the used auto market. That's one of those weird deviations and kind of mental things uh, that people don't pay attention to near enough. Uh, But what's interesting at the moment is existing homes, home sales, have really picked up and have continued to pick up while new home sales have kind of lagged. Uh, Part of that is going to be your lumber. Uh, costs your copper costs your plastics costs remember uh, if copper becomes too expensive uh, for piping you replace it with plastics uh, particularly in the south and southeast where temperatures don't matter as much Um, insulation is really expensive you know you kind of roll down that list new homes are really expensive to build and probably aren't going to be where the incremental supply of homes for inventory, homes that are able to be bought and come from. It's all about those existing home sales. And we're not putting up enough existing homes at the moment to really satisfy the supply dynamic or the demand dynamic. Uh, the supply dynamic is simply really constrained. That constraint uh, doesn't seem like it's going to come off anytime soon. Uh, you don't have enough boomers really beginning to migrate to smaller homes or migrate to uh, Out of the city the way that you would have expected. Yeah, so that's likely to continue Um, And part of that uh, is likely to show up at some point uh, Within your and this would be the next slide Within this chart right you should begin uh, to see, at some point, this inventory number uh, begin to pick up. right? Existing home sales should, at some point, mitigate themselves to the point where boomers putting homes on the market begins to actually increase the overall inventory level, and that inventory level begins to satisfy itself. Uh, but right now, you are sitting at about two months of inventory. That's an extremely tight number that's very supportive overall of single family home prices. And when single family home prices are supported, rent prices are supported. And those two numbers play together into um, the next slide, which looks at how owner's equivalent rent has moved over time. Now it doesn't really matter what people say about their, uh expected rent in terms of from their homes in terms of how owners equivalent rent moves on a month to month basis, that's completely separate. but what it does matter for is the overall weighting right so when people talk about how much I think my house would have rented for uh to the b l s that's that shows up in the weight it doesn't show up in the actual number, so the weight will go up while the underlying number may or may not go up. The problem being, at least in the near term, that rents overall are also going up. So the BLS is going to likely have a dual problem of people intimating a much higher expected price for their property in terms of what they could rent it for, what they would rent it for, uh, that shows up in the weight for ours equivalent rent. And they're also going to show they're also going to have the problem of rents continuing to increase on the other front as long as home prices are going up, you're going to have rent prices go up. That's, it's the simple kind of uh, mathematical formula is if it's really expensive to buy a home and you have interest rates going up while home prices are going up, that's a huge issue. Uh, You're going to have a continuation of the overall rent to own spiral continue to be in favor of rent over time. Uh, So on the next chart, um, and this is one of my favorites, is that the Zillow Rent Index has absolutely gone up and to the right. And that's the highest frequency, call it indicator that we have um, for the business. But that should tell people that you're going to continue to have this shelter pressure overall coming through the system. That in and of itself wouldn't necessarily be that much of a problem, right? Uh, Call it 4% on shelter. If you had everything else kind of in line, you'd still be running at 2, 2.5, somewhere in there. The problem being that you also have energy prices that are likely to be somewhat persistent at higher levels and continue to be constrained by uh, both government policies in the U.S. and government policies abroad, as well as shelter. And the combination of those two has the fairly significant potential to continue to have pr- pricing pressure to the upside over time. So while it's really interesting to look and say that consumers think that this is going to uh, be a one, maybe two year type uptick in price, that's fine. Uh, but unless the Federal Reserve figures out a way to put the economy into a recession without causing any major major problems and it's a very mild recession the likelihood is that the two of these are going to continue to produce pressure on the cpi well beyond uh 2022 uh, and create some oddities uh, within the feds pricing structure uh, and cause them to go beyond what they would normally do uh, for in this tightening
0: cycle well thanks for your thoughts today sam we really appreciate it thank you everyone for joining us As a reminder, Arbor Research and Trading is an institutional research and brokerage firm. Our two most prominent offerings are Bianco Research and Arbor Data Science. For further information or any questions, please contact Gus Handler at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. Have a great day.